Welcome back to the 49ers You've Got Mail podcast sponsored by Manscaped. And do we have a special, special guest for this week's episode? It's so weird because like, I'm so used to calling you 49ers left tackle Joe Staley. Now I feel like I have to introduce you now as like NFL analyst and former left tackle Joe Staley joining the podcast. Hi, Joe. <laughs> Hi, how are you? I just, just introduced me as, you know, just the regular guy, Joe. Just, just, just regular Joe. Just regular Joe. I, but it's not regular Joe because it's so weird because I spend a brief amount of time of my game days in the press box. And then I like look over to my right and you're in the press box. And it's like, it's still taking me some getting used to, but what about for you? How are you adjusting to being on the other side of football now? What's taken me the most time to get used to sitting in the press box is the lack of noise communication yeah. <laughs> noise cheering overall excitement of game day i it's missed awful. that and uh it, that was really hard for me especially the first few weeks i was like you know they're making a big play or whatever would happen or i didn't even have some kind of reaction i'd be like yeah oh wait shoot you're not supposed to do anything so i have respect for the press box in the area so i try not to get too excited but there are definitely times that sit next to dante is to my right and Laura is to my left, Laura Britton, Dante Whitner. And there's times where I'm like, I get excited. There was one play when, uh, shoot, this was a few weeks ago, I forget. I think McDevo had like a big run. And I like grabbed Dante and I like started shaking him. But I wasn't going to, you know, actually like yell because you're not supposed to. But I was like, they're going to do it. He's going to score. So I, I find different ways to celebrate now. No, it's true. So for anyone listening, um, the number one rule in the press box, it's no cheering. And it does take some getting used to because of course you're supporting that team. Um, well, at least on my side and Joe's side, you're supporting the 49ers. Um, so you're trying to find ways to cheer without cheering and not getting the looks of all the other uh, writers and analysts and uh, people in the press box. So <laughs> I understand that wholeheartedly because I still struggle with that. Um, I got a lot of looks week one in Detroit when I was cheering in the press box and the Lions writers were not appreciating that. But, all right, so one of the biggest adjustments is learning to um, find other ways to celebrate. But what's been maybe your biggest lesson so far being an on-air talent? Um, biggest lesson, uh, the biggest thing for me to, to learn was that is exactly that, it's on-air. And everything, everything you do is live. There was a week one, um, probably the second segment I did. I thought we were going to talk about something. I got confused and I just paused mid segment. And I was like looking at everybody and they were like trying to whisper like what we were talking about. And I just looked right at the camera and I said, this is live. <laughs> like I <laughs> freaked out. Um, it's different. It was completely different than what I expected. I think when that, you know, that red light of the camera comes on, it just got like in my head at first, I had to get comfortable with it, which talking to people I think is shocking to them because I always felt very comfortable yeah. um, doing media throughout my career. But it's different when you're answering questions as opposed to 
giving opinions and asking the questions. And so I spent a lot of my weeks um, kind of preparing for the shows on Sunday, uh, watch film, read a lot of articles and all that stuff and try to formulate my own opinions and stuff. And then just try to go out there and have fun. And um, I think as the season's gone on, we've done a good job of, um, you know, playing off each other and, and getting more used to each other's, mm-hmm. you know, just being around you guys. So, and, and Laura does a great job as well. So it's been a lot of fun for me this year to kind of get into that side and see the the media aspect of it. Yeah. It's, it's a whole new world. Um, so welcome to it. Um, but in case you haven't got a chance to watch Joe, you can watch him on NBC sports Bay area, uh, doing, you do pregame and postgame. Yeah. It's a Analysis. pregame show. We yeah. do an hour pregame show, usually an hour before the game goes on. We do, um, you know, an hour post-game show after the game, and then we do a halftime uh, show that's on their NBC Sports Bay Area YouTube page. Okay. So you can check us out there. But it was cool for me to get into this this year because I've always had a curiosity of, you know, the media world. And if I would really enjoy to go down that avenue, you know, post-career. And I thought, you know, what a better opportunity than to talk about the 49ers and right. not have to just, look at the whole entire NFL, but you can just kind of focus on the guys and the team that I know and love and, you know, get to cheer them on. And, but there's definitely been challenges, you know, I think especially during that four game losing streak and it was, um, you know, it was really difficult for me to critique anybody because there's a lot of friends that I have in that locker room and a lot of guys that I really care about, but, you know, just trying to find a fine line of being fair, but real critical. And I think, uh, awesome right now because everybody's winning and everybody's feeling good and the Niners are playing good football I think that's what makes your position so unique because of course you can have a million people on the outside looking in that can write about this team and give different opinions here and there but you're so recently attached to this team you were in the same locker room with the large number of these guys with Kyle Shanahan with Jimmy Garoppolo um so as you say, it's, it's sometimes, you know, hard to critique given, you know, your relationship with a lot of these guys. I think that's, what's appreciated most about hearing from you and hearing from your side, given your proximity uh, to the team as of late. But I think that's a perfect segue because I want to dig into analysts daily a little bit. And I want to start with where this 49ers team is right now, going back to what you said, that four game losing streak about four five, six weeks ago, People were ready to write off the 49ers completely, but instead rattled off four wins over the last five weeks. They have these three straight wins. What do you attest this turnaround to? What have you seen that you're like, all right, things are clicking because of what? Well, I think a lot of the dialogue too during that four game losing streak was just kind of the overall lack of identity. And not that I don't think that they didn't have it in the locker room, Um, but it, it takes time to, you'll really kind of grasp who that team is. And it was like that throughout my whole career. And there were some seasons, obviously, where we didn't even find it. And um, we were just kind of going out there with a new game plan every week. Um, not, you know, not with Kyle, but, you know, past coaches that we had. Um, and I think the last, you know, three, four games, I think especially they've, they've just played, uh, you know, a lot better team concept, complementary football. And, that's always been Kyle's, you know, something that he's always stressed in the meeting rooms and the way that they've built the team, 
you know, through the draft and uh, players that they've brought in that built the roster. It's never just been about like one guy carrying the team, the position. It's always about everybody just doing their job. And um, when we say like do their 111th, you know, on offense, defense, special teams. And when you're playing that way, I think that lends itself to you know, winning football. And that goes into everything. You know, it's just uh, gives the defense more confidence knowing that the offense is performing as well as it is. You know, the same thing, vice versa. Offense feels more confidence knowing that they don't have to score every single time they have the ball in their hands um, because the defense is playing well. And then I think just too, um, what really impressed me um, through the, this year is how the team stayed together. Um, and I think you're seeing the fruits of that now with the way that the team's playing. Um, the locker room went through adversity. They dealt with it. They searched for answers. They didn't point fingers. They stayed together. And, and not just the players, but the coaches as well. And no one turned on Kyle or the staff. No one turned on what they were doing schematically. And I think now it's a team that is really dangerous because they have that belief in the process that they've went through adversity. And then they also came out a bit stronger. And now, um, now they're performing on the field like they were and they hoped in the beginning of the season. Manscaped is the official below-the-waist grooming partner of the 49ers. Try Manscaped and get 20% off and free shipping with code 49ers at manscaped.com. That's code 49ers for 20% off at manscaped.com. Yeah. Earlier in the year, we saw those struggles on third downs. We saw uh, that turnover battle not really going in the 49ers' favor. Uh, it seems like... In week eight in Chicago, and in particular, that second half, that's kind of when we started to see things shift. And namely, uh, Jimmy Garoppolo. Um, mm-hmm. He's had one of his best stretches of his career these last few games. But looking at his level of play, what's been your impression of how he's been, form- he's been performing uh, over these last few weeks? He's been performing really, really well. Um, I think you're, you're exactly right. I think he's he's been as consistent and as confident as I've seen him you know in his career I think he has a complete understanding of you know what's asked of him he's really really seen the field well and you know outside of a couple decisions where that happens to every single quarterback in the NFL no one's playing perfect you know he's played really really efficiently and he's been on target a lot too with really really tough throws um you know, even last week, I was thinking of that one pass that he had to Brandon Ayuk over across the middle. And for him to deliver it over the arm of this outstretched arm of the linebacker, fit into a hole where the safeties were converging, also on time. You know, you just see the confidence that he has right now in his abilities. Um, and it's exciting to see. And I think, too, which has always been kind of getting back to the complimentary football aspect of it, you know, Jimmy doesn't feel like he has to be Superman every single time he's on the football field. Mm-hmm. He can, you know, lean on the run game right now. And I think that has been a huge aspect of the team as well. And just the physicality with what they're playing. And then when you go out there in the, on the field, knowing that you can physically dominate a team, that gives you so much confidence. And then, you know, your defense feeds off of that because they're rested. The yeah. offense is on the field, dominating the time of possession. Um, long drives, not shooting themselves in the foot, like everything that goes into 
Um, just good team football is what the Niners are doing right now. And obviously, if we're going to talk about Jimmy, we got to talk about the other guy under center in the locker room. You you couldn't imagine the amount of questions we get about when fans are going to get to see Trey Lance. But I want to jump to uh, Kyle Shanahan's press conference this week. I'm not sure if you heard it. I want to get your take on it. But he was asked about, you know, earlier in the year, Kyle has talked about having packages for Trey Lance and we really haven't seen him since, well, we saw him for five plays at the end of that Jacksonville game, but we haven't really seen him since that. uh, I think it was week five against Arizona where he had that full start, but Kyle basically said it kind of throws him out of a coaching groove or coaching rhythm when he's adding Trey in, pulling him out, throwing Jimmy in there. But what do you make if you did hear his comments, what do you kind of make of the situation and, and and how does that really affect, you know, a coaching groove or even as a player knowing who's under center? Well, I think right now looking at the whole situation, I think with the way that Jimmy's playing in the offense in general, I don't think you really want to mess with that. You know, I think they definitely have a good thing going. Um, and I, I, I've always believed you know, this whole situation was going to be played out based off of, you know, how Jimmy was playing. And if Jimmy was playing well and the team was doing well, then it's hard to mess with that. But if he wasn't, then that's when the, some of those questions were happening. So I think you heard a lot earlier in the year from the team, hey, we're winning a couple games, but the offensive output wasn't that great after the Philly game. They go on the losing streak. Um, you started hearing more and more about, you know, get the rookie in there. Get his, get his development. Um, but now I think, you know, it's, it's incredibly valuable to a young player to have time to understand and adjust to the NFL game. I think especially at a quarterback position, there's so many more nuances that go into the game than besides just throwing the ball and, you know, understanding where your reads are. It's, it's about complete mastery of, A, the offense, protections, um, cadences, you know, motion shifts, like everything that goes into Kyle's offense is very intricate and it takes time um, to really have an understanding of that. So I think this time is not wasted. You know, it's not like he's not developing because he's not on the field right now. Um, They do a great job in the meeting room um, of explaining everything and taking time to get that film work in. And I know he's getting reps, you know, against a defense in practice and they're putting him through the paces. So everything is, is right now developing towards him being the guy next year. And I think you'll see next year, you'll see the fruits of all that hard labor this year that he's gone through and he'll be much further ahead. I think than if you threw him out there and just said, Hey, best of luck, go win some games. Um, you're going to see much more you know, confidence on the field from, from the day one. Yeah. Um, you, talk about the intricacies of a Kyle Shanahan offense. I want to talk about one of the key pieces to the offense, which this year it's been Debo. I mean, he really came into his own this year. Last year he dealt with those injuries and Kyle's figured out ways just to get creative with him on offense. You've been around the guy you've watched him develop from his rookie year. Um, Are you surprised at the success he's been having? And, And also how much of a blow is it for this offense to potentially be without him these next couple of weeks while he deals with this growing injury? Yeah, I'm not surprised at all with um, the success that he's having because, you know, I saw just a glimpse of it his rookie year 
he was so incredibly talented when he came into the NFL. And just the way that he runs with the ball in his hands, the way his mentality is to try to punish. And it's hard to, you, know, you can talk about it, but you guys have to have a real belief of doing it. And that's such a weapon. And you're seeing it now with the ways that Kyle's is getting him the ball, not just as a receiver, um, but through the backfield, just getting him as many touches as you can. And I think, too, what's cool about the offense is um, now that teams are kind of focusing on him more through the passing game, Kyle's finding creative ways to just get him the ball because, you know, we did a couple of breakdowns on the show and watching him as a running back, he, he reads those runs and he has those coaching points as a running back um, to break those plays. Like there was one play where he ran, um, you know, basically they call it a crunch or a duo concept. It's like power gap scheme with no pullers. And one of the coaching points for the running back is if that backside nose tackle crosses the face of the center, the running back is supposed to take it backside. And for Debo to understand that coaching point and to read it correctly, and then he ended up breaking um, to the end zone there for a touchdown off of that is just you know, almost kind of like mind-blowing that he can understand that just offensively yeah. um, through the passing game, but also as a running back. And then to your second point, it's really hard to replace a guy like that because he's a catalyst for this offense. And a lot of the, you know, the yards gained go through him. Um, but I think what's exciting about looking forward for the next couple of games is you know, Brandon Ayuk's been really playing really, really well. You can see it not just with his production, but the way that he's playing the game. You know, I, every single route is run 100%. He's in there constantly the right position, doing the little things, you know, blocking his tail off in the run game. Um, you just see that he has confidence in what he's doing right now, complete understanding of the scheme. So he's going to get more opportunities going forward. And then Jawan Jennings, too, I think over the last couple of weeks, you've really seen him. You know, take advantage of those opportunities he's had in the field. You know, I, I thought that was a catch. It was unbelievable that they he didn't quite get that knee down in the end zone, but he had the other touchdown catch. Um, but he'll get more opportunities going forward too. But, you know, the Niners team right now has a depth to kind of overcome for one or two weeks. You know, thankfully, it's only a one or two week injury yeah. you know, for Debo. So I think the, the team is going to be in a good position to win these next two. Um. Obviously, with it being the You've Got Mail podcast, we've got some fan questions. And this is going to tie back to the quarterback we were just talking about. But Mike Conley out of Sacramento said, with Debo out, do you think Lance has the opportunity to be used in an RPO situation? What's your take? Um, I mean, I think the the opportunity is always there, but I don't think it has anything to do with Debo being out. You know, I would expect to see in the next two games the exact game plans that they've done in the previous four that have had success on offense you know it's, it's run through the run game and I think that is something that they've been able to consistently lean on um just the not just the run game it's just like the variety of different looks that they're getting and then I also think that Jimmy's playing really well in the shotgun I think that's been a huge development for the offense this year is just the ability to run um, that run game out of the shotgun and then also pair it with Jimmy's ability to see the defense um, get that quick release out. So I don't think it's going to be an RPO thing where they need to like generate some offense because Debo's not in the field. They have the guys that are going to be able to do it. Um, and like I said, with Juwan and, and Brandon Ayuk, the receiver core, George Kittle's probably going to get more targets. Um, and then Elijah and that running game is is top notch right now. Yeah. 
Uh, Deborah Romero from Phoenix, Arizona asked, when will D4 and Dre Greenlaw be back from injury? I can answer that one. Um, they opened the practice window for D Ford last week. Uh, they were hoping he'd be able to go on Sunday, uh, but they're going to ease him back and see how his back and neck is responding. Obviously, that's a very intricate uh, injury right there. So I uh, would be on the lookout as the 49ers return to practice this week. Um, as for Dre Greenlaw, re-aggravated his groin injury. He's day-to-day. Um, I put this question here because it's bringing me to my next topic. Because every time I think of Seattle, I think of that 2019 game, week 17, goal line stand right there with Dre Greenlaw. And Joe, you have a lot of memories playing against Seattle in Seattle. But this is a completely different Seattle team than I think you have seen as of late. They're currently sitting at three and eight, a place we're not used to seeing them. Looking ahead to this Sunday's game, I I hate using this word, but does this game have those makings of being a trap game, just given how Seattle tends to play the 49ers? It's kind of like this vicious cycle of 49ers can play the Rams really well, regardless what their record is. And Seattle does the same thing to the 49ers. But what's your take on this matchup? Um, First off, I am so excited that the Seattle Seahawks are doing so miserably this year. (laughs) It brings me so much joy. Um, to see, you know, Pete Carroll just not have any answers for their struggles. Um, You know, Russell Wilson's really just doing a horrendous job as a quarterback. I just love it so much. As someone that absolutely hated playing against Seattle, does not enjoy their franchise, their fan base. Um, As a guy that bleeds red and gold, this brings me so much joy. So I wanted to get off that off of my chest. <laughs> secondly, <laughs> um, secondly, I don't think it's a trap game. Um, just from the standpoint of like when I look as a player, um, everybody from the outside sees it like trap games or when you go in not fully understanding or being aware of like the opposing team's ability to play well and the Seattle Seahawks, regardless how their team is, always plays well in their home stadium. It's a hard place to play just because of that crowd noise. And, you know, especially offensively and on the offensive line side, um, it brings a lot of challenges um, this week. So, you know, the Niners are going to go in fully expecting Seattle's best, not just because of, you know, how they play at home, but also because, you know, they're, they're playing for pride. You know, I think there's a lot of guys in that locker room that are really embarrassed of their record of being as atrocious as it is. And the Seattle Seahawks being as bad of a team as they are this year and so miserable to watch. And I think everybody that watched that game Monday night, you know, probably wishes they didn't because they got to see a Seattle team that was awful. And it just makes me so happy to say all these words that I'm saying right now. (laughs) And it brings me so much joy. (laughs) This podcast is sponsored by Manscaped, the official below-the-waist grooming partner of the 49ers. Try Manscaped and get 20% off and free shipping with code 49ers at manscaped.com. That's code 49ers for 20% off at manscaped.com. Speaking from experience here. uh, (laughs) All right, well, that aside and what we saw on Monday night, um, just... I often look back at, let's say like August and in training camp, 
you're looking at this NFC West and, and people are saying with this expanded playoff picture that it's very likely that all four teams could make the postseason. And uh, yeah, it won't be, won't be because Seattle's so <laughs> trash, but yeah. Three. <laughs> well, yeah, at this rate, uh, it, it's a tall task for Seattle to make their way uh, back into playoff contention. But you look at the moves that, Arizona have made over these last two seasons and you're looking at what the Rams have done as of lately and they're honestly not playing their best right now either but kind of what do you make of this NFC West picture because I think it's taken a lot of us by surprise one especially how Seattle has performed but just how good Arizona has been the moves that LA has made how the 49ers are remaining relevant and and on the incline what do you make of this entire division right now yeah, I think, you know, outside of Seattle being absolute trash, I think the uh, the division... I love saying that, by the way. <laughs> I love it. I love it. I've said it like seven times. Um, you know, I think it's kind of played out how everybody expects. And I think maybe, maybe not everybody expects, but those three teams, Arizona, LA, Niners, you know, those are going to be teams that are going to be into it at the end. You know, Arizona, I think, is one of the best teams in football right now. Um, and they've won two without who everybody thought was like the only reason they were good was Kyler Murray and, and D D hot being out too. Um, they still find ways to win. I think Colt McCoy did a great job for them over those last three games of keeping them in the, um, you know, conversation as one of the best teams in the NFL. Um, it will be interesting to see you know, how much their defense will miss JJ Watt uh, going forward to the end of the end of the season, but they have a ton of talent there. And then, it was interesting to me, and I think when the um, L.A. Rams made the trade for Vaughn and OBJ, you know, it was almost like they were on such a roll. And, you know, I understand the name recognition of those players and and what they can potentially bring. But sometimes it's, you know, you don't want to mess too much with a good thing. And yeah. I think there's a lot more issues than just, you know, it's not just, they came in there and they screwed up the locker room and they screwed up what they're trying to do offensively and defensively. I think it's, you know, a lot of, a lot of things with their, their losing skid they've been on recently, but they're still a really good football team. They still have a lot of ton, ton of talented players that are, are going to figure it out. And I think there'll be, you know, a team for sure at the end, that's going to be in the playoff hunt and probably in one of those wild card positions. But I think just from the Niners perspective, you know, a month ago, everybody was kind of talking about just the lack of execution and the um, just overall sense of like, well, this is a missed season and the expectations were so high and what a letdown the Niners were. But for them to really fight their way back and flip the script just completely on its head because they've gone from being one of the most disappointing teams to over the last month, one of the most exciting teams. I think if you look at both sides of the ball, they're probably one of the more dangerous teams in the NFL right now. They've really got their groove, their confidence. Offensively, they're putting up huge numbers. Defensively, they're getting the ball. Um, so I think you know they're going to keep this going throughout the rest of the year, and they're going to be a team that's going to be really, really scary for anybody in the NFL to face in the playoffs. That's what a lot of analysts have been saying as of late. Like you do not want the 49ers on your schedule, uh, whether it's closing out the season or if you want to see them in postseason as the team, 
is somewhat getting healthier. I know they're going to be without uh, Debo and Fred at least this week, um, but you're getting guys back. This team is playing better. They're playing uh, together. So, uh, mm-hmm. and you're talking about, you brought up LA and, and how they could be one of those teams in the postseason. And also you're kind of looking at their schedule as well. It's not very forgiving. Yes, they have Jacksonville this week, but then it's Arizona, Seattle, Minnesota, Baltimore, and San Francisco. I'm throwing Seattle in there anyways, but, but regardless of the Yeah, fact, Seattle's I think, trash. <laughs> I think we should have a counter of the number of times. You say that garbage, (laughs) but before I let you go, um, I got one more fan question for you. And I think you're the perfect person to help answer this, but our Campbell from Bahamas, who was in Bahamas, which I'm very envious of, but wants to know, do you think the 49ers can keep up with this new energy they have throughout the rest of the regular season? And my question to you is you being on the field, you've played this game, you know how it is having these win streaks, you know how tough this this sport is, how it's any given Sunday, but how hard is it to continue the momentum that this team has found? It's it's more difficult to do what they've already done, and that's get yourself out of a funk. I think um, once you get on that hot streak, and I even think back to like the 2017 season when we weren't a good team and we didn't really have pieces, but we went on a five game win streak. I believe at the end of the season, was it five games? Yeah. Five game game win streak at the end of the season. And I remember staying at the, at the end of the season, like I felt like we could line up with any team in the NFL at that moment and beat them. And we had that confidence and belief and we wanted the season to keep going. And I think that's where the Niners are right now. They just have so much confidence in what they're doing and they've, They've got the recipe, the formula, and so now it's just about continuing that trajectory of what they're doing in practice, their preparation, and then taking it onto the field. There, I don't think it's a you know a situation of like hard to maintain that because confidence plays such a huge role in the NFL, not just from a player's perspective individually, but also as a team and. They have uh, the confidence right now in what they're doing offensively as a scheme, you know, in the players that they're playing next to, uh, everybody doing their job. And they also, I feel the individual players understanding how important their role is too. It's not just about making the huge play, but it's about doing what your job is on that particular play. So someone else might be able to make the huge play. And I think we're seeing that right now over the last month. And once you kind of get that, it snowballs and becomes easier and uh, harder, harder, harder to stop. 49ers looking to keep that confidence that Joe is talking about rolling into uh, Lumen Stadium, Lumen Field. It's one of those names. I'm not going to let Joe describe what the place is called because we're going to hear got hot garbage. But nonetheless, uh, 49ers rolling, but Seattle not so much. Hopefully can uh, they're dealing with confidence issues of their own. So 49ers. Oh, they have capitalized. The, the worst. Con- they have the worst confidence <laughs> that I've ever seen. <laughs> you know, Pete Carroll. For all that trash that he talked, he he. Now I saw a quote where he was like, "I don't have the, I don't know why we're yeah. not performing this way." Like that is your job as a coach. Like that's what you do, Pete. You you have to figure it out. And man, this bad confidence from Pete Carroll, bad confidence, hot trash from Russell Wilson's play, um, just overall hot garbage. 
um, from everywhere. They're actually, I would say this though, their defense is playing pretty good the last, uh, last couple of months. So yeah. they're not all hot garbage, but offensively, man, they can't move anybody off the line of scrimmage. They can't run the ball. Whew. I hope, I hope the Niners, man, they better not lay an egg because this is a hot garbage team. <laughs> <laughs> Just looking to hopefully capitalize off of all of that hot garbage that's coming from Joe Staley, not myself. Joe, just regular old Joe. I can't call him former 49ers left tackle, NBC sports analyst Joe Staley. But nonetheless, Joe, we appreciate the time. This was absolutely incredible. We appreciate your insight uh, firsthand as a guy that's been on the field with this team and now on the other side with us in the press box having to be quiet. We appreciate the time and uh Let's, let's get together sometime soon, all right? All right, definitely, definitely. Thanks for having me on and uh, look forward to more conversations down the road.